four in our summer series on prayer. The first uh, Sunday that uh, we looked at prayer, we asked a question, um, what if prayer at core is not about asking God for stuff? Sometimes that's how we view prayer. Well, I'm, I'm asking for for stuff that I want and I need, uh, but what if that's not really the core and the reason that we're called to pray? What if the reason that we're called to pray, the purpose of prayer is to increase our friendship, to increase our relationship with the Lord? What if the real purpose is to have koinonia, that's that intimacy with the Lord, become a regular part? Of our lives, and we saw that demonstrated in the life of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. The second week, we asked another question: What if the things we ask God to do for as we pray, Lord, would you please heal my sick and ailing grandmother? Lord, would you would you help me get a promotion and a raise at work? Uh, Lord, my child is a prodigal, and would you bring them back to you, Jesus? They're living far away. In, in sinful living, Lord, I've got this pet entangling, besetting sin that's destroying my life. Lord, would you please help me get victory over this entangling, besetting pet sin? What if God's powerful and effective answers look way different than what we were expecting? What if how God is going to answer our prayers is not at all what we were expecting? And when he starts answering, you're thinking that that's not what I was looking for. That's not what I was expecting. Or sometimes even that's not even what I wanted. What if God's answers oftentimes are much different than we planned on? Third week, we asked a third question. That was two Sundays ago. What if the reason we don't see more answers to our prayers is because we give up way too easily? What if we grow impatient and we get distracted and, Lord, for a time I was praying, and I was, but, but after a time I get a little impatient and I think that you're saying no when actually the Lord is saying keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep persisting. Because that relationship grows and, 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 our, and our relationship grows deepens when we keep on asking. (laughs) What if the reason we don't see more answers to prayer is because we're not persistent and we quit and we give up way too easily? Today, this is week number four, and we're going to ask another question. What if the reason the Lord doesn't seem to be answering our prayers is because of the heart's attitude in us? even while we pray. What if the reason we don't see more powerful and effective answers to our prayers because there's some pockets of pride and arrogance in us? And the Lord says, no, no, that's not the way I respond to my children. And if there's pockets of prayer, uh, pride and arrogance in you, that's not how I can work and respond to your prayers. Perhaps the Lord is saying it's only when we're humble that grace and answers can come our way. 
It's only when we admit we're weak and he is what? Strong. They said, now, now I can answer your prayers. Locate with me in your Bibles or perhaps on your phones, 1 Peter chapter 5, where the Apostle Peter tells us why pride must be eliminated from our lives. Why is it that pride has to be gotten rid of in our, in our bones, in our thinking, in our, in our ways of living, and humility needs to be embraced? 1 Peter chapter 5. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read verses 5 to 7. It's because when we realize we're weak, that's where the strength and the power of the Lord is able to come and enter our lives. Verse 5, this is God's word. Would you join with me? Here we go. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Let's pray together. Lord, those are powerful words. And we need your help now to understand. What is it you're saying about pride? And what is it you're saying about humility? And Lord, would you please show us today how that affects how you answer our prayer life? Lord, I I would ask that uh, even today you would take us beyond just more understanding, more knowledge of your book. Lord, the truth is, most of us know a lot more than we're acting on. So I'm praying, Lord, that you might nudge and push and correct and, and maybe even give us a good shove today to actually put into practice what you have to say about pride and actually put into practice in this week ahead what you have to say about being humble. Lord, we uh, every Sunday invite your spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to come and take charge in your church. So would you do that even right now? We drink streams of living water. We do that corporately, individually now. We invite you to come and take charge of our lives. And may the power of your Holy Spirit and the power of your book come together and uh, meet us exactly where each of us need to be met. Teach us to pray as weak and humble children of yours. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Paul inspired by, excuse me, Peter inspired, I usually say Paul, but Peter inspired by the Holy Spirit tells us three times something. I want to show you, this is important. He he says it three times. Humble yourself. Oh yeah, in case you didn't get it, humble yourself. And a third time, just for emphasis sake, humble yourself. Uh, Let's look at verse 5. He says, humble yourselves under the authority of elders. Um, 
And just so you know, he's not talking about young people to old folks, although there's probably a place for that. If you go back to verse 1, the context, he's talking about elders, overseers, pastors, shepherds in the church of Jesus Christ. You tracking? So now he's talking to those who aren't elders, and he's saying, submit yourselves under the authority of the church leadership. So submit, humble yourself. Then he says, last part of verse 5, humble ourselves towards one another in the church family. Humble yourselves toward one another. Uh, and, And I want you toward one another to serve one another in love. See, Uh, so submit to the church authorities, and I want you to humble yourself by serving and loving each other in the family of Jesus Christ. So here's my question. Who are you serving in the church family? Who specifically, and how long has it been since you served others in the church family? Because he says... I want you to humble yourself. That's a humble thing to actually serve one another in the family. And finally, verse 6, he says this, We must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under God's almighty and awesome hands. Note, you ready? It's not my job or duty to humble you. Note, it's not your job or duty to humble me. Who is supposed to humble me? Tell me, who, who is it? You, humble yourself, okay? So it's your duty, it's your responsibility to humble yourself. So go ahead and tell your neighbor, it's not your job to humble me. Go ahead, tell them right now. It's not your job, okay? And then once they tell you, you tell them back, oh, and by the way, it's not your job to humble me either. Whose job is it, Balcony? It's my duty. It's my responsibility. Everywhere in the Bible where it talks about, it says, humble yourself. It's our duty to humble ourselves. So the obvious question then is why? Why is it so important for you and I to work at staying humble, humbling ourselves? Uh, let's, let's just go through because he tells us why. Last part of verse 5 Because God opposes the proud. Okay? When you are in the state of pride, you are in opposition to the way God works. So if you just let that soak in and sink in for a moment. Okay, so you're on this side, and I'm thinking in a proud, arrogant way. That means I'm up against God Almighty, infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful, awesome, holy, infinite God, and I've set myself up against God, and, and okay, uh, God, you're on that team, and I'm going to be on this team. Wise move? <laughs> Foolish. Why on earth would you not want to be on God's team? But the truth is, last part of verse 5, when we live in pride, We're saying, I I know I'm not on your side on this, Lord. I know I'm living in opposition to you, but I'm going to choose pride anyway. Opposes. God opposes 
the proud. Look at it, verse 5. That, that verb opposes is the continuous tense, which means that the Lord our God always has been and always will be in opposition on the other side of pride. So anytime we're thinking, we're living, we're acting in pride, we're on the other team. We're living in opposition to God. So, so when I know that, I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to be on the other team, on the other side of God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That's not smart. That's not wise. That's never going to work out well, right? Never going to work out well for us. The second incentive to humility, last part of verse 5, it says that uh, God gives grace to the humble. He, he shows his favorable grace to the humble. So nothing is worse than to have the creator and the sustainer of life against us, opposed to us, but nothing could be better than to have the creator and the cosmos of, of the creation on our side. Does that not make sense? Lord, I, I, wanna, I want your grace I want your goodness, I want your love, I want your joy, I want all of that in my life, raining down. I've got this uh, bag of surprises over here. So uh, l- let me just show you uh, this illustrated. Um, this is uh, a little painting done by the very first paid music person we ever had, Deva Mott. Uh, but anyway, she, she's got... Uh, uh, our awesome God, and, and he's got uh, the planet Earth here clearly holding it in his awesome almighty arms. And, and don't you want his awesome grace flowing and reigning and ruling in your life? I'll borrow Danny's stand again, put it up high so you can see it. Okay, Got a little art gallery here going in church today. Yeah, it's good. God's goodness. God's grace, that's an incentive. I I want his love flowing daily in my life. That's an incentive to humility. Third incentive to humble ourselves, look at verse 6. It says, God will use his almighty hands to exalt us in what time? What's it say? Okay, a few of you know it over here. Anybody over there know it? God will use his awesome almighty hands to exalt us, to lift us up when? In, in do, when's due time? <laughs> in God's perfect time. When God decides it's time to be lifted up, he says, I know exactly what I'm doing. I, I know you're not enjoying this situation, but at just the right time, I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to deliver you out of this situation. Okay? Pride says, I want to exalt who? What does pride say? I want to exalt my favorite three people. Who are they? Me, myself, and I. I want to exalt me, because I like to exalt me. And humility says, no, no, uh, I will put myself under God's mighty hand, and he'll exalt me at just the perfect time. Fourth incentive to humble ourselves, verse 7. This is kind of cool. It says, uh, cast, you could say throw, if you're not a fisherman, all your anxiety on who? On the God in his almighty arms. Why? 
because he cares for you. (laughs) Because he cares for you. Cast all your cares, all your worries, all your anxiety on the Lord, knowing, knowing, look at verse 7, this is great, that he cares, he protects, he watches over us, he keeps us under his loving, protective hand when we do it his way, which is what? I'm going to humble myself under your mighty hand. I'm going to do it your way, and when we do it our, his way and not our way, he literally says, okay, now, now I'm going to applaud that, and I'm going to approve that, and I've got good things going. So how do you know if you're acting humbly? Turn to your neighbor and give them your best humble face right now. Go ahead. Good. Look humble. You know? Remember, remember, uh, remember David Carradine used to walk around, you know, the karate guy, you know? What was the name of that show back uh, in the day? Yeah, Kung Fu, yeah. yeah. And he walked around and he had this kind of... Is that, is that what it means to be humble? How do I know if I'm being humble? Are you ready? You know you're humble practically. When you're casting your anxieties, your worries, your cares on the Lord's almighty hand. Isn't that interesting? You you know that you're humble because I'm not going to hold on and I'm not going to struggle with my worries. I'm not going to say I'm going to figure this out. Uh, I'll plan and plot and work harder to fix it. That's what pride's all about. I'm trusting in me. I'm trusting in my abilities, my powers, my reasoning, I think I'm okay. I'm going to grip my teeth, and I'm going to work harder, and I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to figure this out. That's pride. I, I, I'll be fine. I'll call on you, Lord, if it gets really bad, but in the meantime, I'm going to handle this, and I'm going to pull myself up from my own bootstraps. As long as we think we can handle life our lives and our problems and our troubles by ourselves. Here's what Jesus said. <laughs> go right ahead and let's see how that works out. Think about it. Go, go give, it, give, that, give that and just keep handling it yourself and, and let's see how that works for you. Go for it. Um, and sadly, most followers of Jesus, we believe, we think that God helps those who do what? Help themselves. Yeah, because, you know, that's surely, that's, that's a proverb, right? That's back in the Old Testament somewhere. Yeah, right? God helps those who help themselves. Where's that a quote from? You ready for this? That's a quote from a deist named Benji Franklin. Uh, Likely not a believer. Certainly not when he wrote his poor man's almanac. Can I just tell you, God helps those who help themselves is not in the Bible. Never ha- Maybe Satan's Bible, but it's not in our inspired Bible because the truth is God helps those who cry out to him in humility. You understand? God helps those who cast their worries and their trouble and their anxiety on him. And then he says, okay, now I can respond with my grace and my love and my goodness. I want to show you... Uh, what that looks like, okay? Um, and maybe this doesn't help you, but it, but it helps me. So um, we'll, we'll illustrate this with, with a little beach ball here. Um, let's say this beach ball represents a worry, a trouble, some anxiety in our lives, okay? You, you 
plug in. Whatever you're facing now, whatever weight, whatever difficulty, whatever's causing you to wake up at night and say, oh no, okay, that's, that's this beach ball, okay? And pride says, you know what? I think I can, I can handle this myself. I think I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure this one out. I'm going to just try harder and work harder, and I'm just going to grit my teeth, and surely, in, in due time, I'm going to figure this one out. Humility says, you know what? <laughs> I'm not doing so well. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing well. I'm going to choose to cast. I'm going to throw this ball on the Lord's mighty hands. Why? Because it's starting to crush me, and it's wearing me out, and he's got almighty hands, and what, what are our hands? What are our arms like? They're puny. They're, they're, they're small. They're, they're weak. Okay, Lord, you've got perfect time. In due time, as I throw this on you, I'm getting crushed. You're going to take care of it. Verse 7, look at it. I want you to follow. Every time I'm feeling anxious, every time I've got a worry-filled situation on my back, I'm feeling the weight, I'm beginning to crush me, I'm going to cast, I'm going to toss, I'm going to throw the weight of worry on your mighty hands. And Lord, I'm going to trust you. I know that I can trust you. And your, your awesome arms are going to be just fine. So I, I need someone to, uh, to help me demonstrate this just a little bit. Henry, <laughs> I'm so glad you're sitting in the front row, aren't you? Okay, so no pressure, but you are right now in the role of Almighty God, okay? So no, no pressure on you, okay? So, so now suddenly I'm walking around and I feel overwhelmed and I feel stressed and I'm worried. Anybody have a situation like that? Come on, let me see. Nobody in the balcony, they're doing wonderful. No struggles up there. Uh, okay, so that's how I'm feeling. I can either hold on to it and over time get crushed and worn out, or I can say, you know, um, I'm going to cast this on the Lord God. Get ready, because we don't want the Lord God Almighty to fumble it. No, no, that would be bad, hear me, okay? Yeah, okay, ready? And I'm going to cast it on you. Nice job, Lord God Almighty. Uh, you caught it. Okay, so if it's really a big deal, now think with me, you know this, when it's something that's uh, it's ongoing and it doesn't seem to want to go away and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon, here's what happens after an hour or two, um, I kind of take it back. <laughs> and, and, and now, I, and sometimes, here's the truth, I don't even realize I took it back, but suddenly now I'm feeling heavy and I'm, and I'm stressed again and I'm thinking, what's going on? Oh, yeah, Lord God Almighty, look what I did. I took it back. And, and here's, here's what I've learned. Lord, <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm really sorry. Uh, help me to toss it, cast it on you this time. And, Lord, help me maybe to go three or four hours this time. And you have it. And here's, here's the cool thing. You ready? Over time, as you, and, and then after three or four hours, I'm taking it back again. Sorry. Uh, and, and then... Um, the next day, I give it to you again, and I might actually be able to let you have it for a day. I'm just telling you, as you make this a habit of your life, that's humility. I can't do it. I'm not going to try to do it. Uh, it's overwhelming. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to do it in my own power. That's not working out. But I'm just telling you, as you keep tossing it on, casting it on the Lord over time, you're going to be able to leave it longer and longer. It's amazing. 
some really pretty amazing situations, overwhelming situations. After a while, you can actually maybe go a day or two days, and then after a while, you can actually go for maybe a week and leave it right there with the Lord. Did you know that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus? It's long obedience in the right direction. You might want to write that down. That's a good one, huh? Long obedience, and I'm just going to keep living humble and giving stuff to you, Lord. And over time, long obedience in God's direction and giving it to you, I'm telling you what, it pays huge dividends. It, it actually begins to change your life. So I ask you once again, could one of the key reasons why we're not seeing more powerful and effective answers to our prayers, could the reason be because... The Lord says, I'm, I'm not willing to respond to your arrogance and your pride. You're, you're asking me to work all the while you're holding on and you don't trust me with your situation and your worries. You've got this mindset, I can do it. I can handle it. And as long as you think you can, I'm going to let you do it. Just because you've said yes to Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb when we live our lives as though we're in charge and I'll be okay, we're living in pride. You understand? So you're thinking, well, I'm a believer. I can't know. Lots of believers live most of their lives in a way that is in opposition to the way God works. You tracking? He's saying, no, I work when you trust me with this situation, when you give it to me and you leave it with me. That's where I bless that's where I bring my grace. That's where I bring my powerful answers. And you're wondering, why am I not seeing more answers? And the truth is, it's because we're living a lot of our lives in pride and arrogance. Every once in a while, you know, we'll fire up that occasional, Oh, Lord, help me get an A on this test. Uh, I didn't study much for it, Lord, but please help me get an A. Um, Lord, heal this relationship that's broken. I'm not saying I'm sorry, but would you heal it anyway? Uh, give me victory over this entangling sin. Just don't ask me to do anything too radical. Those are the kind of prayers we offer up. And, and then we're surprised when we don't see God's favor and God's grace and God's powerful answers in our lives. Closing picture. True story. One of the greatest bullfighters in Spain's history, Jose Cubero. I wish I could say that better. Cubero. Anyway, he was brilliant matador, one of the most brilliant in Spain's history. In his final bullfight, Jose thrust his sword into a bleeding and dying, delirious bull, which then collapsed. And the crowd went nuts. Their hero, Jose, once again, victorious over this bull. And Jose turned to the crowd, and they were going crazy, and they were giving him a standing ovation. The problem was the bull wasn't yet dead. The bull rose and lunged at the unsuspecting matador, its horns piercing his back and puncturing his lung. Just when you and I think we finished off pride, just when we think, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Just when we think we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, pride in us raises its ugly head and stabs us. Right square in the back. 
just need to say to me and to you, we should never consider pride dead as long as we're alive. So I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. Pride is not dead until we're face to face with Jesus. This is a horn that will continually puncture our hearts unless we daily kill pride. I can do it. I can handle this one. Thanks, Jesus. Take a break. I'll cry out if I get in big trouble. We need to kill that thinking daily in our lives and humble ourselves. Because when I'm living in pride and arrogance, instead of receiving the Lord's favor and grace and answers to our prayers, the bull just keeps coming and attacking and devouring me. Could the reason we don't see more powerful and effective answers to our prayer because we allow pockets of pride and pockets of arrogance to remain in our lives? Could the reason we don't see more powerful and effective answers to our praying be because we're actually living in opposition to the way God works in our lives? And he's saying, excuse me, but as long as you're living that way, I can't join you in that. Humble yourselves. And then watch me work. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. And I'd ask you, would you be willing to ask the Lord, Lord, is there a a pocket of pride or arrogance that... uh, is still alive and active in my life? Are there places, Lord, where I've convinced myself that I can handle it on my own? I'll do it myself. And I'm resisting casting that on you and leaving that in your almighty hands. Lord, would you point those things out? Oftentimes, Lord, pride is really hard to see in the mirror. So we need you to help us. So is the Lord pointing specifically to an area in your life, a pocket of pride where uh, you've been saying, no, I, I can handle this one myself. I'll, I'll do, figure this one out on my own. This worry, this anxiety, this stress, this trouble, I'll figure it out. And the Lord is saying, excuse me, but that's living in opposition to me. You're, you're not on my team when you're thinking and behaving that way. The Lord's talking to you about a specific pocket or area. It's always healthy to let the Lord know, you know what, you're talking to me and I'm, I'm hearing you. I just want you to know it's loud and clear. And by your grace, I want to join you in the way you work. I, I want to do it your way. I, I want to begin living that humble life that you've called us to, trusting 
depending, casting, relying upon you and not on myself. Anybody say, Lord, you're talking to me. Just want you to know I've heard. Anybody lift up your hands? Good. It's good for you to say, you're not just talking. I just want you to know message received and, and, and I need. Anybody in the balcony? You're talking to me, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for my friends who've heard from you and your book. Lord, thank you for having awesome, almighty arms. Thanks that you want us to come and cast our anxieties, worries, burdens, cares on you. It's the way you've designed us. Teach us, Lord, to humble ourselves and view humbleness as just a regular part of obedience. Lord, I'm praying that as we get humble, that your grace, your goodness, your answers to our prayers will be powerful and effective. Help us to see the difference, even in this week ahead. And now as the ushers make their way down front, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give to meet needs here in the church family, as well as in our community. Lord, would you please use these gifts we're about to give to bring hope and help and mercy to those in need, both in the church family and in northern Michigan. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.